You have the American dream. You own your own business. But owning a business turns out to be more than you thought. It's a pain in the neck. You're not getting where you want to go. You're not getting what you want to get. And you're working 97 hours a week. We're here to help you fix that. This is the Small Business Celebration Podcast. I am your host, Michael Roberts, and on this podcast, you can learn something that you can use today to grow a strong and profitable business. Before we begin our interview with this week's successful small business visioneer, I want to take a moment and thank you, the listener, for helping Small Business Celebration reach a significant milestone. If you're listening to this podcast for the first time, you're about to hear an example of why. 1,750 plus small business owners, partners, general managers, presidents, and CEOs connect with Small Business Celebration on a weekly basis. When you consider Kern County has just over 10,000 small businesses, 1,750 plus weekly connections is a big deal. We want to thank the tremendous content that our Visioner guests continue to provide to this podcast, our sponsors, and you, Visioner Nation, who have subscribed to this podcast, internalized our guests' valuable insight, and because of it, are growing a strong and profitable business. And we thank you. Our guest today is Tara Denisha, with, who is the owner of Denisha Insurance Agency. Welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you for having me. And one of the reasons I wanted to invite Terry on is we keep preaching on this podcast over and over and over and over again. Give value first. That is a significant cornerstone of any significant and successful business. And Terry and his firm do a great job of giving value first. But before we talk about the value that he gives... Terry, tell us a little bit about what it is that you and your agency do. Well, we perform an assessment. Actually, we provide value. Mm-hmm. Well, we, <laughs> <laughs> That's what we were talking about. Right. A little bit of stumble there. But, you know, I'm an advisor. Mm-hmm. I'm an educator. Mm-hmm. You know, I try to ask questions mm-hmm. of what's important to each company. Mm-hmm. You know, my main... My main clients are companies that provide health insurance, employee benefits to their employees. Mm-hmm. Again, spit it out sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm an advisor. I'm an educator. Uh-huh. I try to help companies uh, provide the best employee benefits mm-hmm. for their specific company. It's not, it's not always the same. Mm-hmm. You know, some c- companies uh, want different things for different reasons. Mm-hmm. And... Sometimes uh, they're unaware of what's available to them. Mm-hmm. You know, some of the voluntary uh, gap. There's new things. You know, to get employees engaged, some owners uh-huh. want simply to ensure that they have good health insurance. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not sure. They're not aware that they can have dental, vision, life gap accident you know there's some self-funding partial Mm -hmm. self-funding options that are available to them that can save them money but there's some risk associated with it as far as our business owner listeners go and those that run businesses why would you want to single out 
those particular businesses that have anywhere between three, five, ten, and twenty employees, why, what value do you bring to them, and why should they care about calling you or talking to you about insurance? I think the smaller the employee account that an individual business has, there's a tendency to be neglected by insurance brokers, insurance agents. Mm. And I, I kind of target, I target small groups mm. that I feel have been neglected, that, that feel that they don't get the best service that, that they should. I think mm. that health insurance is not cheap. Mm. And I feel that when you're paying what you're paying, that you deserve the best service. You deserve quality mm-hmm. uh, advice mm-hmm. and service when someone calls uh to not to get a person answer the phone <laughs> i yeah I, I, yeah I probably shouldn't say that because there's a lot of companies that that uh well have it, automated service well you know it is important because service. a lot of uh, because a lot of customer service and value comes from when you're a customer or your client and you want to call the person who you're paying money to and in, when it comes to health insurance good money to you want to be able to talk to a live, real person, not push three and hope that you remember that the, the person you talk to has is an extension 103. Yeah, that is one of the reasons we started Denise Insurance Agency was to provide uh, the quality service that I think uh, my clients deserve. You know, I, the company I worked with, mm-hmm. they're wonderful. They're great. Uh, a wonderful owner. You know, but when you're small, I think you have uh, the ability to adapt, change, mm-hmm. and move. Right. And one of the things that, that I like and I think that our clients deserve, and that's being able to talk to a person. Mm. You know, sometimes it might be as simple as saying, hey, I got your message. I'm going to work on it, and I'll, I'll have you an answer tomorrow morning. Right. Because you may be dealing with another client's challenge and be working on trying to, to resolve that. Sure. Many of our listeners on this podcast, they're in year three, four, five, year 11 of their business, and they've had an insurance broker before, or they got an insurance agent now. And one of the things that you bring value first to your clients is something called Benefitsology. And briefly, tell us a little bit about Benefitsology and how it affects your clients and your, your future clients. Well, Benefitsology is a unique trademark uh, study of employee benefits. It's a process that's different for each company. Mm. Um, the, it'll start out similar in that I ask a lot of the questions of what's important to you, uh, what are you doing, uh, what are you currently doing, what do you want to do, mm-hmm. uh, are you big? There's some questions that's dependent on size. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is a program that offers 30 to 50% uh, rebate. But you've got to be a certain size. Sure. There's partial self-funding, uh, self-funding, but it only fits for certain companies. So it's, it's sort of like a you continue to go down this uh, road. And but <laughs> Yogi Berra, here's here's a funny Yogi Berra used to say, you know, what, when you come to a fork in the road, what the, and how this relates is whether you say yes or no, right. Uh, or maybe, <laughs> but Yogi used to say, you know, when you come to, when you're trying to get to my house, when you come to a fork in the road, take it. Right. So well, depending on how you answer, it will determine how this, the, uh, 
process of beneficiology, the study, the questions and the direction that we'll go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it works. You know, I've saved... Well, I, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, okay. Well, um, I did save a company $233,000 for one year. Wow. Uh, there were some changes in the benefit plan. There, with the structure, with the carrier, with going with uh, optional uh, plans, you know, high-low, I guess. Mm-hmm. And that's not... Uh, unusual or unique because a lot of companies do that right sometimes it has to do with how healthy your group is right how much risk and exposure you're allowed if you were to do any partial self-funding well and one of the things that i really enjoyed when i was when i went through that portion of your website first of all it's really easy to find when you go to your website and we'll talk about how to where the listeners can find it later but one of the things that i found truly valuable about this is you give a tremendous amount of detailed information and easily understandable information that's in plain English and not written in insurance speak. And that's a very long way of getting into, of asking you why you chose to do this in the first place. Well, I think you should earn the business. I don't know that anybody really gives you business. Uh, I think, you know, it comes from uh, kind of the competition uh, background that that I've been involved with, and that is, you know, you're in, you're in a spot. Mm-hmm. You may or may not, uh, be, if you're on a team, you may or may not be a starter. But when you get the chance, you've got to do something good. Right. So when you provide value, we are trying to educate. You know, I'm not trying to sell. Again, I'm not a salesperson. I'm an advisor. Right. You know. If you've got a better value and you're positioned properly, mm-hmm. I will tell you to stay right where you are. You know, with regard to taking a look at benefitsology and value, technology, different products, different things, you know, it, it doesn't cost anything. Mm-hmm. And if you're, I will present you options. I will advise you on, on what may or may not be the best for you. Then you decide. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to, you know, I may tell you, hey, stay right where you are. Attracting and retaining quality talent is a challenge in today's labor market. Those of us who own or run a small business know that we have limited resources, and each and every employee we hire is critical to the success of our business. But how do we attract and keep such a critical resource? Terry Denisha at Denisha Insurance Agency has a free guide at Benefitsology.net that can give you the information you need to attract and keep quality talent. Learn the benefits you can use to attract top talent for your business at Benefitsology.net. Act on the best value for you and your employees at Benefitsology.net. Win with the best employees in your industry from Benefitsology.net. Go to Benefitsology today. We're here with Terry Denisha of Denisha Insurance Agency. And what I wanted to take a moment back is... There are some people who have this notion when you go into business for yourself that you woke up this morning, started your business, and as we get to lunchtime, you're going to be a millionaire. And this evening, you're going to be selling it to Bill Gates and and crew for a billion dollars. And there aren't any problems, and it's all sunshine and rainbows. And I'm sure that that has been your case here at Denisha Insurance Agency, right? Oh, heck no. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. Heck, Um, you know, when you... Seems like I've been, I've had the mentality of a business owner. Mm. Uh, it started in high school. Mm. So I wanted to own a, actually before, in high school, I wanted to be a professional baseball player. 
I thought I was going to be in Major League Baseball. Mm. And if you're, most of you aren't going to be old enough to know who Freddie Patek or Burt Campanaris, but they're little guys that played shortstop. And I thought I would be along with those guys. So, but my mom said, hey, make sure you have a fallback plan. Make sure you have a secondary plan. And getting an education is what you should do. And if you go, when you go to school, not if, <laughs> when you go to school, you focus on business, focus on learning how to run a business. Mm. And I thought, okay, oh, I said, yes, mom. I was very <laughs> respectful, kind of afraid of my mom sometimes. There you go. But I said, yes, mom, went to school, played baseball. Uh, got a business economics degree mm. from the University of California, Santa Barbara. Nice. Enjoyed the heck out of that. But was also um, during the summers running Anatesco. Actually, we weren't Anatesco then. We were Denisha Brothers and then Delta X West. And, and tell us who Anatesco is. Anatesco evolved for trying to uh, provide, uh, educate the oil uh, producer. Hmm. educate him and how this oil well is producing. So Anna Tesco was Doug Denisha and myself. We started the company. I actually sold my GTO, my 69 <laughs> GTO. It was a great car to help start the business. And uh, we tested what started the business was one oil well. Okay. Hmm. It was one oil well for Gulf that was making uh, over a thousand barrels of oil a day. Hmm. And to make a long story short, you know, they literally pulled the well two or three times, literally spent about a half a million dollars and came to find out there was never, ever anything wrong with the well. Hmm. That the acid job that they did on the well actually ate the rotors of the measuring device. The acid actually ate the yeah. rotors. Wow. And so they were producing all along, but the measuring device was saying no. Wow. Was the, re the reduction in production and so they kept spending money to try to increase production. Wow. So that was the impetus of us starting uh, Anatesco, the analog testing company. We did digital dynamometer well analysis, which is essentially weighing a well okay. as it goes up and down. Mm -hmm. And from that, you can determine the uh, efficiency okay. of how well the, the pump is performing. Right. So that's what started the nation was... was to educate and provide more information. Now, to relate that to Denisha Insurance, you know, to educate and provide information to employers to help them make the decisions best for them, not me. You right. know, I, I'm not going to, you know, I'll advise you right. based on the information that I have, uh -huh. but I remember who I work for. And I work for you, the client, and I'm responsible to do the best for you. And through your your thirty years with Tesco and then into the insurance business, you've learned a lot from uh, everything's been all golden and roses and unicorns and rainbows. I'm sure. Tell us about some of the things that have uh, not gone so well that you've learned from that you that you implement today. Well, in 1986, that was the year I got married and went on our honeymoon. And oil went from I think it was thirty two dollars a barrel to seven. Wow. That was when we went from 25 employees to zero. Wow. And it was difficult. You know, that that was a difficult time period for everybody in the oil industry. Hmm. You know, you go from the, the cycle, the, the cycle of prosperity to the depths of despair, if you will. When you go from, and the, you can't hardly blame the oil producer. You know, they're, they're making money. Now they're getting $7 a barrel. And a well produces one barrel a day. 
and they have to determine their ROI, the return on investment on how, what they're going to do to produce the well or not produce the well. Right. The electricity costs, the manpower, uh, the pumpers, the engineers, the, all the overhead that goes into producing that well. Right. Now, if it's producing two barrels, ooh, maybe I'll keep producing that well. Right. If it's one, I'm just going to shut it off. Right. So th- what happens when they just shut wells off, we don't have wells to test. Right. We, we don't well, it was still we were still in business because it was still important right. to, to, to know if your individual oil well was efficient. And what was the lesson that you learned out of all this? One of the main lessons, and it was and it's still kind of hard, and that is to understand um, the, 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 le- the tough lesson was that we should have acted sooner with letting employees go. Mm. I hate, I, yeah, I don't even really want to say that, no. <laughs> but it was, we, we kept employees cause in our business, the training was so difficult, time consuming mm. that we had great employees. They were wonderful. They, they understood uh, what we were trying to do and that insurance we wanted our employees to be healthy we loved our employees so it was really hard okay as a business owner you know you need to act well i hate saying you need to when as a as a business owner and there's fluctuation in the business and the ability to react accordingly Mm -hmm. to uh, maintain some profitability or maybe a minor loss. Mm-hmm. See, I would have accepted it a minor loss at that point. You know, as it, as it turned out, you know, you go from 25 employees to zero and then you owe money, mm. you know, and you fight through that. And, mm. you know, so no, not everything's been puppy dogs and roses. Right. When you go from uh, doing relatively well, I would never say that we were, uh, we were never wealthy, but we, we were happy. Uh, and then, you know, happiness and success, you know, it, I think is, is very um, subjectable, I guess is what I'm trying mm-hmm. to say. The measurement of success is very subjectable because it, to one person, you know, making X is just fine. But to another person, making triple X isn't. So, you know, I've, I've never been driven by money. I never, I just wanted to pay the bills. <laughs> you know, I, I was asked about um, retirement and goals. Right. And doggone, those have all, those changed almost daily. You know, right. what, what your specific goal is. Heck, when I was 25, when we started the company, I was going to retire at 45. Right. Actually, before that, I was going to be a professional baseball player. But, you know, and then I was, nah, I don't know that I ever had dreams of being a professional golfer thought about it but i never really had the actual goal thought that i was going to do it but the dreams and your goals uh are constantly changing right. you know my shoot my website now is I'm never happy with it i'm always updating it the business the benefitsology is constantly changing we're constantly adding i think wellness is something i'm kind of excited about you know it's not only uh wellness uh, as traditionally thought, the financial wellness. Right. And there's a lot going on with that. Right. There is. <laughs> so, so with goals, it's always changing. You know, I, I, you know, when you come close to one or achieve it, you know, that seems like another one grows out of that. Right. 
And if you're not always looking for the next goal, you get complacent and bored. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> <laughs> As a small business owner, you are a visioneer, a pioneer with vision. But sometimes it's hard to see the forest through the trees. You know where you want to go, you know what you want to do and have, but you need a confidential second set of eyes to help you get there. Small Business Celebration can be those eyes. Go to smallbusinesscelebration.com and schedule a listening session. See the forest through the trees, realize your vision. Go to smallbusinesscelebration.com and schedule a listening session today. We're here with Terry Denisha with Denisha Insurance Agency, and you brought up a, a, a point earlier that I thought I wanted to revisit, and this may be a little bit of a touchy subject, so forgive me for asking, but you talked about one of the challenges you had was holding on to employees too long when you had a down cycle, you know, the, the bust, as it were, and wanting to hold on to employees, and there is a very prominent thought in the business world that you want that you're slow to hire and quick to fire. For our, our visionary nation out there, what was your barometer looking back that you should have paid attention to knowing when to let bus- when to let employees go and when to hold on just a little bit longer? Yeah, I don't know that I'm the best person and with regard to the barometer, you know, we saw it. I mean, when you see that <laughs> the money in your checking account and you know uh, that you're not able to pay some of the bills, but you're still trying to pay the employee's salary mm-hmm. and you're going, mm, well, that decision should have absolutely been made a lot earlier. Mm-hmm. But again, back to the training, you know, we had a lot invested mm-hmm. and you know, the, the that was actually the first cycle down. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's been multiple cycles in the oil industry, the feast and famine, right. the boom and bust, bust. <laughs> that you hear about the oil industry, which is one of the, the things that I'm not, um, I'm not missing. Right. I don't miss that boost, uh, that bust and boom. Right. I don't miss that. You know, that, that was, it was hard. That was one of the, probably the more difficult things is mm. to let an employee go. Right, right. Hated it. One of the things I also wanted to touch on is you are an avid reader. Tell us about a couple of the books that have influenced your business and professional life. Well, I think one of the first books that had a a pretty major impact, but you don't know how much of an impact it has until later, but Psycho-Cybernetics by Maxwell Maltz Uh was a book that my brother gave me, Doug, uh-huh. when I was either t- 10 or 11 years old. And most people might think, wow, really? You're reading a book called Psycho Cybernetics? <laughs> it was an easy read, really, because of the stories that it told and the ideas and the concepts that I grasped from them. And the, the initial one was a scar that I have on my cheek mm-hmm. from watching my dad shave and trying to shave after him that took a chunk out of it, but I used to be made fun of. Right. And in that book, Psycho-Cybernetics, it has to deal with how you perceive uh, that scar, how you perceive and value that. And there's a story in there that talks about how Germans perceive scars as a sign of honor and right. valor. 
And I thought, well, heck, I'm going to look at it like that. You know, when somebody makes fun of you, mm-hmm. you know, not only is but I was kind of chubby. Mm. So that was normal, but it still makes you uh, second guess yourself. So I, I chose, the, from the book. So getting back to the, the book, The Psycho-Cybernetics, it's how you choose how to perceive that. And that's mm. how I chose to perceive it. That was just the initial thought on psycho-cybernetics was regard to the scar but the the way you perceive and how your mind i think that was probably the bigger biggest thing was the power of the mind there was a study in the book and they brought a hundred people see i like thank you for letting me tell this <laughs> there's a study done in the book they brought a hundred people into the gym they all shot free throws they split them up they actually did all their averages they split them up into 50 50 and i believe it was for two weeks that they would go into the, the 50 of them would go into the gym and shoot free throws for 30 minutes each day. And they took the other 50 and they sat them in a chair in the gym, put a blindfold on them, and they imagined shooting free throws but making everyone. Mm. So after doing this for two weeks, they brought them all back. They all shot free throws and they almost improved identically. So the, the concept there, the idea, the, the takeaway is the power of the mind. Mm. If you can envision yourself being successful, and envision it clearly enough, have enough uh, detail that the your power of your mind can actually kind of make it happen. And by physically practicing and mentally practicing, they all improved about the same. So anyway, I, yeah, I read that book when I was young, and, and I thought about that. And so I, I do a lot of envisioning in baseball. You always envision you're going to hit. And, right. And in life and in, ba- and, and, and insurance. You know, I envision uh, presenting some best options with my client and then him asking certain questions. You ask about the website. You know, I tried to envision, I tried to an- anticipate what are the most common questions that my client wants to know the answer to, or a prospect or a right. visitor. Right. You know, what, do they, what do you want to know? Right, right. So you visualize that and then you answer the question. And I think one of the things that you bring out is key to all this is Napoleon Hill gets trashed a lot in Think and Grow Rich is that if you can imagine, it'll happen. But you bring up something that's very important, and it's an assumption that is often lost and missed, which is, yes, you want to imagine yourself making the three froze, and you want to make, imagine yourself succeeding in that. But you also brought up you have to keep practicing. You have to put in the work. It doesn't just magically happen. So having the right mental frame and the way of thinking about it is is key and big. But you also have to put in the work and the effort. And if you want to fantasize that you're going to have a Cadillac this afternoon, that's not going to happen. You still have to go forward and put in the work and the effort. Absolutely. I think one of the things that a, a business owner um, should I, I don't like saying should. I don't like saying that. But I think one of the traits of a business owner is the ability to embrace failure. Mm. Uh, I liken it to when you play baseball. And if you look at statistics of some of the most successful baseball players, they, at Henny, uh, they fail seven out of ten times. So you're a 300 hitter. These guys are making literally tens and $20 million a year, but they're failing seven times. Right. So 
the point there, the, my lesson learned from that would be, hey, get up, go practice, work harder. You'll learn from that. Right. You know, and I, I don't know where or who's, who said this with regard to uh, when you get a no, say thank you very much. And when someone asks, why are you saying thank you? Well, it got me just closer to the next yes because I know I'm going to get some no's. My, my mom, who's a grammarian, uh, years and years and years ago, said something undoubtedly she was thought it was a throwaway line at the time but she said what part of no don't you understand the k or the w (laughs) and that has definitely stuck with me because a no is just another step towards a yes if you know about it yes yes that's it i like that (laughs) that's okay you can steal it from me and and give me credit twice and the third time it's yours (laughs) For Visioneer Nation out there, what is something that they could do today to grow a strong and profitable business? You know, they're J. Paul Getty. I, you know, I don't know the absolute answer to this. You know, I think it's subjective to everybody. Everybody's got their own idea on on what um, the nation wants. Uh-huh. But you know, J. Paul Getty said. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite quotes, and that was, find a need and fill it. Mm. If you, uh, whatever business you're in, and you're targeting um, business owners, individuals, whatever happens to be, but find a need. You know, I always find, I always thought it was interesting. I don't remember what year it was. It seemed like it was around the 80s. But somebody started selling pet rocks. Right. And I thought, who the heck is going to buy pet <laughs> rocks? And I thought, God, they created the need and right. then they filled it. And I thought that was actually interesting, was their ability to pick up rocks, paint them, and then say, hey, man, these are pet rocks. <laughs> and then, hey, here you go. And then sell them. So, you know, I, I'm an advisor. You know, I don't try. I, I really do not think of myself as a salesman. You know, I'm trying to advise people to make the best decisions. Sometimes, you know, if you're positioned properly, I'm going to tell you to stay right where you are. Mm-hmm. And you're, you guys are doing a great job. So if I were to give advice, you know, find a need mm. and fill it. You know, the other thing probably would be, you know, find something you like to do too. Mm. Then, then it doesn't turn, it's not really work. It, it's more that you're uh, having some fun. You know, in baseball, as a coach, mm-hmm. you know, one anybody out there that knows uh, knows about any of the teams that I've coached, uh, there's a number one rule. Mm. And the number one rule always will be the same. That's have fun. Right. When you're playing baseball or any sport, you know, if you're not having fun, you should probably be doing something else. Right. Now, we had, I only had one other rule for a long time, and that was, you know, to hustle. Right. You know, and, and I have some friends that always said that there's a couple things that everybody can do, no matter your talent level, on a sporting field, and that is that you can hustle and have a good attitude. Right. You know, then we developed the third one. <laughs> you know, <laughs> hey, you're uh, my sporting friends out there. You know, we had the number one rule, have fun. Two was, you know, to hustle. Uh, but we developed a third one, and it was finally when your coach tells you to do something, just say yes, coach. Because <laughs> what happens was I was coaching teams that had – it was a club team, and then they would go to their 
high school team. Mm-hmm. And then their coach would tell them to do something that was contrary to, to what we would do. And I, I had to tell them, you got to say yes, coach. Now right. you got to do what your coach tells you right. or else you might find yourself on the bench. So you, you better say yes, coach. Well, and the other thing too is if you have more than one coach, and this also is true in the business world, is having paradoxical opinions broadens your vision and it makes you actually a better person. And so if you have more than one coach and they're giving you advice and, and they, they may be contrary to each other, the question then comes down to you of asking why. Thank you. <laughs> You know, the contrarian perspective, I think, um, is an attribute that I would favor, you know, to ask why. Why are you doing it that way? Why not do it this way? Right. Why uh, wouldn't you think about it? Oh, if you're comfortable, well, a lot of people get into their comfort zone and they don't want to migrate out of that comfort zone. Right. And that's okay. Sometimes the comfort zone is safe and it works. Yes. And sometimes a new idea is not a good idea. But other times you need to get out of that rut. Yeah, well, it, it, I think it challenges you to grow. Mm. I think the challenge there, if you stay where you are, and that's fine. People, you can do that. It's your choice. You know, I won't, I'm not going to make anybody do anything. I, I, I don't want anybody to make anybody do anything. That's to be a contrarian, you know, to question the status quo. I, I like that. I like, why not try to do things more efficient? Why not try to do things better? You know, why not try to have an impact on the environment? Why not try to improve, you know, your employees' well-being? Why, why not? Your employees are your greatest asset. Absolutely. You know, another thought with regard to, you know, new business owners you don't try to do everything yourself. We have listeners on this podcast that have been in business for quite some time, and things aren't going quite as well, and they should heed that advice. Yes, ask for help. I, there's a lot out there. It comes back to the opportunity cost. Hmm. If you can pay somebody $50 to create a website or $500, or no, here's a better one. <laughs> The opportunity cost. I'm a big believer in that. It's one of the things that, that we did a lot of study in economics uh, when I was in school, but I actually applied it. And that is, if you want to pay somebody $100 to mow your lawn once a week, or if you were to go out there and do that, and the opportunity for you could be doing something to advance your business, okay, would you do that or why not or should you? Right. But if you can improve value by $100 for your company, or hey, how about pleasure of not doing anything, <laughs> of relaxing, recharging? You know, some, but sometimes people don't give uh, the value to that of not doing anything. Right. You know, I can't do that for very long. I usually have a half a day where I do that. Right. I take a half a day where I try not to do anything. Anyway, so the opportunity cost of, so we, I have a lot of partners that I rely on mm-hmm. with regard to helping me in various areas, mm-hmm. you know, and doggone it, you know, you need them. You know, I'm the jack of all trades, master of none. When right. you try to try to do everything, right. You know, I, I think a business owner should focus on what you do best. I try to focus on what I do best. Right. Still, still, I think it's okay. And I want to be better. 
Well, Terry, thank you for being on the Small Business Celebration podcast and sharing your wisdom and insight and being a visioner. And we want to thank you very much. Well, thank you for having me. You know, I hope I didn't stutter. It's okay. And and if Visioner Nation wants to get a hold of you, how do they do that? Oh, there's, you know, I prefer to be contacted by your preferred method, (laughs) whether it be a phone call, Uh a text. You can get me on the internet. We have a website, denisha.net. You can send up a flare. Okay. And you can schedule an appointment too on there to, to... uh, meet. And what's your phone number? 661-397-0041. That is our office. If you want to call me direct, 661-201-0571. And what's your email address? It's a toughie. Okay. Terry, T-E-R-R-Y, at Denisha.net. And how do you spell Denisha? D-E-N-E-S-H-A. Very good. Well, Terry, thank you again for being on the Small Business Celebration Podcast. This has been a delight. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me. I do appreciate it. Attracting and retaining quality talent is a challenge in today's labor market. Those of us who own or run a small business know that we have limited resources, and each and every employee we hire is critical to the success of our business. But how do we attract and keep such a critical resource? Terry Denisha at Denisha Insurance Agency has a free guide at Benefitsology.net that can give you the information you need to attract and keep quality talent. Learn the benefits you can use to attract top talent for your business at Benefitsology.net. Act on the best value for you and your employees at Benefitsology.net. Win with the best employees in your industry from Benefitsology.net. Go to Benefitsology today. I've been asked, who is a visioneer? A visioneer is a small business owner who's a pioneer that has vision. A visioneer is someone willing to see the world, not as it is, but as it could be, and is willing to do something about it. A visioneer is ethical, smarter, faster, and leaner than the mainstream competition. A visioneer gives value first because visioneers are in business for the long haul. Visioneers understand the difference between saving money and earning a profit. Visioneers define their destiny. Visioneers create their own luck. Visioneers surround themselves with successful, like-minded people. Visioneers are renegades who defy the mainstream competition and are ready to change the world. Are you a visioneer? Become a visioneer by joining the Tribe on Small Business Celebrations Facebook page and on Instagram today. Thank you for listening to the Small Business Celebration Podcast. Some of today's music was brought to you by Ted Hammond, and you may find more of Ted's music at ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. And that's ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. Also, if you enjoyed this episode and gained some insight from it for your business, subscribe to this podcast at iTunes.com forward slash Small Business Celebration and give us a five-star review. If there is a business you'd like us to interview, reach out to us on Facebook and let us know. Until next time, I am your host, Michael Roberts of the Small Business Celebration Podcast, and we wish you a strong and profitable business. 